0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage
1: Time NFL Podcast and Happy New Year everyone. My name is Hakun Wong and I'm the editor-in-chief of Football Garbage Time. And with and with me is my longtime co-host of 5 years, Ryan Whitfield. Hey Ryan, how you doing?
0: <laughs> and of course, as Hey Ryan, how you doing? Can you hear me now? <laughs> yes, I can. And of course, right. as is appropriate Technical difficulties right at the
1: beginning of the show. <laughs> Gotta love it. Uh, <laughs> amazing. It just never fails, does it? Five years running, and we still have this issue. And for those of you who don't know, who, who, who haven't been following us on Twitter, first of all, shame on you for not following us on Twitter. But if you don't know, we have incredibly sad news that Ryan Whitfield, after being one of the first writers to contribute to football garbage time and being the original the OG co-host for this podcast, 181 episodes ago on September 28th, 2015, where we broke down week three of the 2015 NFL season after suffering through five minutes of intro music because, as we just had, we had technical difficulties for five minutes. Shocking. Well, Ryan, welcome to your last show. How you doing, man?
2: Doing good. Uh, Yeah, thank you, uh... And uh, it's obviously a little bit bittersweet here today, but um, overall doing good. And uh, I did talk football one last time here.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you know, like, I mean, I, I it's one of those things where it's just like, um, it, it kind of, it, it always, I, I'll talk about this later on. I'll leave this for the end of the podcast so that we can get to all the good stuff first so, so we don't bore our listeners with all my uh, stop, stop stories. But uh, yeah, it, 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 it's going to be. It's great, man, joining joining us for our last time here, and uh, I'm excited about this. You know, although I do fully expect, by the way, for you to make a guest appearance from time to time, so our listeners don't miss you too much. Okay, so that's that's something you're
2: gonna have to guarantee <laughs> for me, even though we're we, letting you we off the hook here. We hadn't talked about that part yet, but that'll absolutely uh, be in the in the mix. So uh, all right, don't all don't right. Fear on that. So Everyone's last time to get scared. My over opinion is uh, <laughs> rants on here.
0: That's
1: right. So no, speaking of being over-opinionated, because I got opinions on this too, I got to ask you about that Eagles Washington football team game on Sunday Night Football. I assume you watched the game. Did you Did you watch the game there, Ryan?
2: uh yeah, parts. I mean, I certainly didn't watch it religiously, but uh, watched it enough to know uh, what the whole world is. Uh, I was gonna say talking about, but uh, I'll say crying about.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I mean, this is the thing. I understand why you pass on a 51-yard field goal early, take the delay of game, you punt. I totally, I kind of understand not taking the chip shot, field goals, fourth and goal, tie the game, um, though I would have taken the points. But putting in Nate Sudfeld, the third-string quarterback that's been with the team since 2017 in the fourth quarter of a close three-point game with a division rival on a national primetime matchup on Sunday Night Football, I, you know, I'm having trouble getting my head around that. I've heard plenty of... And read plenty from both sides, but like you said, you are the opinion guy, you know. So I gotta, I guess, gotta get your feel on this. What, what do you, how do, what's your thoughts on this?
2: My thoughts are are twofold. One, let's take it at face value. Let, let's let's you know, let's let's take out the idea that he maybe wanted to see Nate Sudfeld get some game time. Um, although, okay. you know, there's one one person I saw float out. Uh, the idea, and I don't know if it was something Peterson said after the game, but whatever, maybe it's just been a, you know, a a guy who worked hard all year, uh, Sudfeld, he's been with the organization for a couple years, and they wanted to give him, you know, since since he is the third string guy, doesn't get a lot of playing opportunities, so maybe they wanted to give him his Rudy moment. Uh, And because they have nothing to play for, they can do that. So that's one. Two, let's say that they were just tanking on purpose because they wanted to get, uh, get a better draft position. Okay, fine with that too. Sure. You know, yep. I mean, it, the right. Eagles don't owe anybody anything, and that's the thing. Is like this whole idea there was a division thing to stick it to the Giants. Like, I mean, all the you know, I pretty much, I would have to assume every game yesterday, without actually looking at it. I mean, they're almost always all division games the last two weeks. So I'm assuming across the league, but it's certainly in the NFC East, they were both divisional games yesterday. Like, yep, you know, so I don't think that they were. It's not like what do they like the Redskins better? I mean, I mean that that theory doesn't make sense to me. Um, and so, you know what it most likely was, or or what it is in the end. You know, take all the take all the Eagles' motivations out of it. The Giants, you went six and ten. Don't go effing six and ten. If you go six and ten, well, sure. then you need a four, a four <laughs> nine and one team to to win their last game of the year. So I have no sympathy for this and this this whole outcry and, and, and sob story about oh they're doing I can't believe they're doing this. This is what happens when you're six and ten. Well, not typically. Typically, when you're six and ten, you're nowhere near sniffing the playoffs. But you're just you know nowhere near it, right. <laughs> that, that that it happens. And so I, I and you know yep. what the Eagles aren't a very good team. So all the things you said, fine. You know. Uh, I understand, but point being, the Redskins still could have won that game either way. So, you know, the Giants certainly got their fair shake because they had all season to win more than six games and they didn't do it. That's on them.
1: Yep. So I don't I don't think it has anything to do with the Giants. I, I actually am more concerned about the – integrity of, of playing the game that way. I mean, it is a, a primetime matchup, and Eagles fans were just as upset about it as, as Giants fans, at least on Twitter last night. Maybe they today they woke up and said, hey, we got a six, six pick instead of the ninth pick, so maybe this was all worth it. Um, but certainly I had only an issue of the way he did it. It just seemed um, – I just can only imagine how he would have lost his mind if Jalen Hurts had completed that pass in the end zone on fourth and goal and actually went up. I mean, I can
0: only I, mean, I
1: don't even know what he could have done at that point. Could he have pulled his entire defense from the field? Because the Washington football team looked like crap. I mean, I can tell you that. Um, but hey, that being said, it, it was a very interesting way to close the end of the season, and it was a weird year. So let's talk about that because there's some interesting stuff coming up this weekend. We're going to be talking well, about that. Well, before move, I a question car- for you. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, how, so did Mike Tomlin affect the integrity of the game yesterday not playing Ben Roethlisberger?
1: Oh no, that's or, or, different. Or, or, or I, I agree with Mike either. Tomlin. I mean, yeah, Wait, so yeah now, I, now I, I think it, that sitting in it, players the in advance of the last
2: week. It's yeah, week 17. Yeah, I when you come I down to week right... 17, you you get crappy matchups. You get you get backup players. This is what week 17 is. And again, yep, this is yep. even if you don't want to make it about that. If if there wasn't playoff implications, nobody in the world or in in the league bats an eye at what happened yesterday. But because there was playoff implications for the Giants, there was more more pressure, more focus, or more eyes on it, and that's why everyone's outraged. And and honestly, well, I, again, I think, you just don't get to feel sympathy for a six and ten team, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, well, I, I definitely don't have any sympathy for the Giants about this. This is really not about them. I, I think it's more about the fact that you know it was flexed like, to so a Sunday night football game. You can you can welcome the tank. Anybody's welcome the tank. I mean, heck, the the Colts tanked like crazy so they could get you know suck for luck, right? I mean, that was the entire freaking season. But it, but there is, you know, and I don't want to make it sound like there's a right and a wrong way to tank, but, you know, if you're going to pull players and say I'm not going to play them because of injury concerns because I'm saving them for the playoffs, that totally makes sense to me. You know, sitting Mahomes, sitting uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and, and Travis Kelce and Tyreek Hill, you know, sitting Ben Rossesberger, you know, not fielding a full team because you have to save them for the postseason. I totally get that. I totally get that. Um, this was just a really bizarre way of doing it. If you wanted to give Nate Sudfeld, you know, the entire game, I mean, he could have announced that in advance that, you know what, I got Nate Sudfeld as my starter. That's what I'm going to do because I want to, I don't know, give him his Rudy moment or evaluate him after four years on the bench. It just seemed like a weird way to do it. Um, but, but, hey, listen, Doug Peterson can do whatever he wants. He obviously knows he's coming back, and getting the sixth pick is better than the ninth pick. I mean, that's a huge jump in terms of the draft. So it's not like I don't get it. I, it's, it's definitely one of those things that, from perception, just looks, just seems, seems a little bit weird to me. But I get it. You know, I mean, I totally get it, and I definitely don't have any sympathy for the Giants either. Um so wow, hey, that was a nice way to start. The, that's a nice way to start the episode because a nice little bit of little bit of conflict on this issue because this was definitely up and a lot of people were tweeting about it right off the bat. And but uh, you know, hey, we're on to the wildcard weekend, like I said, and we got all that wildcard weekend stuff to talk about. So let's talk about that, and then we want to break down some of the your impending retirement from the the sports journalism world, uh, and then go through that because I, I definitely want to hit that at the end. So let's uh, let's get rolling for the last time. All right, AFC, NFC, wild card matches, all set. Let's just go ahead and hit each, hit each one of these. And let's, let's. I'm gonna flip it over to you, Ryan, right away. And I'm gonna ask you, you know, give me one thing you want to watch for each of those teams, and then pick a winner for me. Uh, let's start with the AFC side. We get the seven seed Indianapolis Colts at the second seed Buffalo Bills. The Bills are currently six point five point favorites. Tell me what are the things that you're looking at on the Colts and the Bills for that game, and, and pick us a winner.
2: Yeah. Um you know I think and and correct me sorry I, I missed that for a second there. You said Colts Bills game, right?
1: Yes. Yes, yes. 17 okay, Colts and um, second team Bills,
2: yeah. So uh you know on the Colts side of things, um you know, I think that that game two weeks ago was a little bit eye opening to me, uh just because you had a team that was, was down, was hurt, was uh, reeling, and um, really hadn't been good for the last couple of weeks. And then you had the, uh, you know, the Colts collapse in the second half there. And, you know, I, one of those things that, you know, they always say a coach or a player takes on or a team takes on their coach's personality, and I think they do with a, with a, with a quarterback to a degree. And, you know, sure. uh, this is, this sure. is Phillip Rivers' legacy, in my opinion. Um, uh-huh. is coming up short when the batter is the most. So I think we saw a little bit yep. of that. So there's a little bit of that inside the Colts. Um, and obviously not an ideal matchup to, to be the seventh seed having to go against the Bills. Who, The Bills kind of uh, struggled a little bit in the middle of the season. It looked like they might be coming back down to earth and might still just be the Bills and just taking advantage, advantage of a weak AFC East and a weak Patriots team. Um, but that I don't think panned out. I think the Bills finished with their foot on everyone's throat. Yeah. Um, and I think they're one of the scariest right. teams in the postseason, and honestly feel like they might be the team most likely to be able to take out the Chiefs. Um, so I, wow. I don't think this yep. one in the end is going to be – I think it might be a close first half, but I think we see a pull away in the second half.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm going to totally buy into everything you said there. I think that on the Colts side, my you know, my impression, the thing I'm looking at is their defense because they were pretty much the – I mean, they were the top defense in the league for a couple weeks in a row. They kind of slipped recently. Um, I don't know what's going on there, but they're going to need to really be on their A game because Josh Allen has entered the stratosphere. He's definitely gone above and beyond what I thought he was going to be this year. He took some major steps forward, accuracy, arm, the entire thing. I mean, he's just been on fire. And he has a great connection with all his receivers, including, as you named earlier in the year, Gabriel Davis, um, but also obviously Stefan Diggs. Um, getting in on the action there. And even Cole Beasley looks like a a huge part of that offense. So I think the Bills are uh, a shoe-in on this one. uh, 6.5-point favorites, and I think they're going to meet that without an issue. Let's get to the next game. That's the six-seed Cleveland Browns in a rematch with the three-seed Pittsburgh Steelers. But, of course, the Steelers will now have Ben Roethlisberger, as we just talked about, did not play in that Week 17 matchup. Steelers currently a 3.5-point favorite. What are your thoughts? What are you looking for in the Browns and the Steelers? And pick me a winner.
2: Yeah, um, you know, like I said, with the Steelers uh, showing a little bit of life uh, in that comeback against the Colts, but overall, uh, the Steelers were a big product of a weak schedule this year. I don't think Ben Big okay. Ben is as good as everyone said he's been this year. I think he's got uh, really good weaponry around him that makes him look better, but I do think they're uh, very similar to the the Patriots team last year of benefit of a, of a very, very easy schedule in the beginning of the season. Uh, and as that schedule uh-huh. turned, so did their uh, quote unquote luck. Um, so nice. <laughs> with that said, uh, I don't love this one because they don't ever love betting on the Cleveland Browns, but um, you know, I think Cleveland showed me the opposite last week was, was a kind of a nails performance uh, in a, in a tough spot there at the end of that game. And I with right. that, I like their chances uh, to uh, to win um, this game against the Steelers because I don't think the Steelers are as good as their record or their seeding indicates.
1: Right. Yeah, I agree that the Steelers are not as good as their record or uh, their seeding. The Browns, though, are just so inconsistent. And, and I, I love to see them when they click because I think Baker Mayfield looks great when he's on point, when, Jer- when Landry's on point, where people are r- – Rashard Higgins looks good, you know – All these guys kind of step up, suddenly it looks good. And, of course, Nick Chubb is a monster, and Kareem Hunt, a terrific um, 1B to that 1A. So, clearly, if Cleveland Browns, if they're they're clicking, they have a great chance of winning this game. But it's all on their defense. I mean, they weren't able to control Mason Rudolph. I mean, Mason Rudolph, give me a freaking break. Uh, And so, you know, yeah, I don't think Big Ben is that great. I think he's a step up from Mason Rudolph. Uh, I think it will be a close game. I think the Steelers will take this one in a very, very close one, though. All right, next one, 5-seed Baltimore Ravens. Wow, that is a 5-seed Baltimore Ravens against a 4-seed Tennessee Titans. Jeez, Ravens currently a 3.5-point favorite, currently the only lower seed to be favored in a wild-card game this weekend. What are you looking at in the Ravens and Titans? And pick me a winner.
2: Cool. Um, it's – the Ravens have played really good down the stretch, which I like – and you know, I know Tannehill's been good since getting to Tennessee, really. But still, you know, they're they're definitely still a heavy running back uh, oriented offense, which typically is not successful in the NFL. Typically, it's uh, you know more pass heavy offenses. And you know, and and speaking of nails, obviously the play by Tannehill yesterday uh, at the end of the game yeah. was great. And yeah. uh I mean, it, it's certainly a tough one to pick. It's uh. You know, I, I think I think I, I do like the Ravens because I like the way they ended this year, um, or this season here, and uh, I, I like the way they're playing. I you know I thought that they might be in trouble for a playoff spot. You know, they had some bad losses this year. Um, you know, essentially the Patriots lost early on, but I think that they've kind of turned a corner too. So, um, you know, right. well, uh, that that's what I think we're going to see is I think we're going to see kind of an old-fashioned game though, where we see some big right. pass plays here and there. You know, particularly. Uh, the Titans we you know hit some, some good uh um, play action type passes that'll that'll be exciting. Um yep. But I think the run's gonna fuel them and I think both defenses uh are are gonna hold pretty steady in this game. So again I think I think we're looking at a, a kind of an old school ground and defense uh physical game and I like the Ravens by uh by three at the end here.
1: Okay, all right, yeah, and I'm and i and I'm basically on board here. I think really the key is can the Ravens stop Derrick Henry? If they can control, them, because because as you said, the play action really works well for Tannehill. Uh, he gets A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, all those guys get open when Derrick Henry is a threat to blast out 10 yards, 20 yards at a, at a time. So if they can control Derrick Henry, and I don't mean stop, stop him. I mean, you know, limit him to three, four yards, not any big breakaway runs where he's mauling over guys for 20 yards downfield, then I think that the Ravens are going to win this game. If they can't control Derrick Henry, I think the Titans are going to win this game. But I'm on your side of this one. I love the way that Lamar Jackson is looking like he's confident, trusting his receivers, hitting Marquise Brown twice yesterday, and really using Mark Andrews. I mean, he looks like he has a lot of confidence right now, 100, almost 100 rushing yards. You know, I just think it's going to be hard for the Titans to control that. I think the Baltimore's win, Baltimore Ravens win as well. Let's switch to the NFC side. All right. <laughs> the seventh seed, my Chicago Bears, at the second seed, New Orleans Saints. Saints currently a 9.5-point favorite. So that is the largest spread on the board right now. What are you looking for on both sides, and pick me a winner?
2: Um, well, I'm looking for the the – the Bears to stay home because what's the point of even coming? Um, <laughs> okay. And
0: uh,
2: there no, uh, you know the Bears. Analysis. Stayed, Hashtag analysis. When the, <laughs> <laughs> when the uh, and that's the real reason I'm retiring. No, uh, the Bears <laughs> when they started the season uh, similar similar to the Steelers were a very unimpressive. Uh, whatever they were, four and one, five and one. However it started, um,
0: yeah, you know, and, and, and
2: yeah. I just. The defense is still good. They just they they've got to figure out this quarterback situation. Um, it, it's just, uh, you know, Foles wasn't the answer. Trubisky's not the answer. Um, and you know now 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 they've gone the whole span of their time with Allen Robinson without really having somebody back there that you can really rely on as as a as, a, as a, every day or every Sunday quarterback. Um, on the on yep. the Saints side, you know, a lot's going to depend on, uh, and I haven't honestly looked to see the status of either, um, but I know they were hoping uh, that Michael Thomas would be back for the postseason and right. assuming that that's still on track, uh, mixed with, um, you know, Alvin Kamara and the whole running back uh, room being out with covid uh you know, there's, there, there's definitely concerns there uh, in terms of just is everyone ready to go, is everyone healthy, is everyone available, all that. So, uh, hopefully, you know, that's what we, we see because um, I'd like to see them at full strength. But with that said, I think that the Drew Brees being out showed how good this team is because they had Taysom Hill in there and still uh, played as well as they did. Um, so, my analysis of the game comes down to this. unless the Col- Unless COVID jumps to all 22 starters – uh, the Bears uh, lose, and it was handedly in this one.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I have a feeling it's going to go that way as well. Obviously, the Bears going to back their way in here because of the fact that the Rams, with their backup quarterback, managed to beat the Arizona Cardinals with their backup quarterback, both of which had not taken an NFL pass before that game. So, ugh, not great. Um, Saints rolling, though. You're looking good. I mean, even with Ty Montgomery there, Uh, looking like a a real workhorse, even with Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray and that entire uh, running back room on COVID. uh, This would be really tough. If it turns out that Thomas and Kamara are back, I don't think that the Bears really have much of a chance. It really does boil down to defense on this one. I think that uh, chances are that the Saints will win this one. Maybe the Bears will cover the 9.4 point spread. All right, let's go to the next one. Six seed Los Angeles Rams and three seed Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks currently a four point five point favorite. What are you looking for on both sides? And take me a winner.
2: Yeah, I mean the the Rams, uh I thought was impressive again for the resilience. You know, we just talked or I just talked about the the Saints have shown. I think we've seen some of that from the Rams this season. Um they uh you know, as far as how good they can be, I get a little bit worried because, we, you know, you mentioned with the Browns inconsistencies. We've seen that from the Rams as well. Also, it's a little bit on the NFC East this year, and we all know how bad that division was. Um, with that said, the Seahawks had the same benefit of, uh, of, of that. So, um, maybe it won't really come to roost this weekend. And I also didn't love the way Seattle played uh, much of the way down the stretch. Great in the beginning of the year. Thought uh, they weren't – uh, stellar down the end. So uh, what I think is I honestly actually think in this one that I like the Rams uh, unless Russ mm. is that magical form of Russell Wilson. If he is at his peak in mm-hmm. uh, the past, the game is going, but I just, you know, uh, I don't believe in the Seahawks defense. I, I don't think their run yeah. game is good enough. And I'm a big Chris Carson guy originally, but it's partly, you know, I think he's limited. Uh, I think there's fantasy value there, but he's he's certainly not an elite running back. You don't have an, a great offensive line, and so you know I think it's going to be on Russ, Tyler Lockett, uh, and DK Metcalf. And if they if they go off and can put up big numbers on that on that defense, um, then then I, then the, the the Seahawks could win. Um, but that Rams uh, defense is pretty stout, so um, I, you know, I I probably like the Rams it out just a little bit and also factor in first time we'll mention uh outside of the, the saints COVID outbreak but as far as like, the, the in-game experience this was if this was a normal game up in up in Seattle for LA yeah, yeah I wouldn't go 12th really I but it's going to be a completely yeah. different playoff experience up there and I think I think level playing field really benefits the Rams
1: yeah yeah you know, I, I agree with that part in, entirely um According to NFL Network Ian Rappaport, they're reporting that it's quote, will be challenging for Jared Goff to come back from a thumb surgery in time for Saturday's wildcard game, which means that John Wolford will be starting again most likely. Interestingly, Wolford did fairly well in his debut for the Rams. 231 yards, 22-38 of passing, uh, 56 rush yards on six attempts. He certainly appeared more athletic than Jared Goff. I actually don't think this is a huge downgrade
2: for the Rams.
1: Uh, believe it or not. So, you know, I am not so worried about Jared Goff not showing up for that game. And you're right, Seattle has been very unimpressive um, as of late, barely um, looked like they were in control at any point of that game against the 49ers. Uh, So, clearly, I I think this is going to be a much closer game than anyone thinks. I do think, though, the Seahawks will eke it out, but not cover the 4.5-point spread. Okay, last game to talk about the five-seed Washington football team. Gets in and will face the four seed Tampa Bay Buccaneers with your former quarterback Tom Brady. Bucks currently a seven point five point favorite. What are you looking for on both sides? And pick me a winner.
2: Yeah, I mean the the, the Buccaneers finished strong for sure, um, but you know we've talked about some other inconsistent teams uh, this year, and uh, you know I think you got to put uh, the Bucks for sure in that category. Uh, they were extremely uh, uh, inconsistent all season. Um, yep. So, yep. Uh, you know, I, I, you wonder what Bucks team you're going to get, and particularly, you know, what kind of offensive performance you're going to get um, from them. Uh, on the other side, the Redskins are not uh, obviously an elite team and haven't been this year. Um, you know, obviously right. squeaking in here on the last second. Uh, however, with that said, uh, I think the most interesting aspect of this game from an X's and O's standpoint is uh, the fact that Tom Brady in the playoffs historically has struggled when when you face an elite pass rush that can get at you from all angles on the defensive line. And I think yep. if there's a team that can do that right now, it's the, it's the, 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 uh, Washington Redskins. That was that was the part that really stood out to me. And too bad Adams not on here uh, currently, but um, he gets me <laughs> get he he to hear me do something I don't do a lot is give other teams or other people's teams props. But um, yeah, yeah, you know, look what, at that. It had what, to come eventually. Five years. <laughs> <laughs> and not that the Eagles pass blocking situation is is elite by any means. Um, but with that said, I mean I don't get to watch a lot of Washington. Uh, cap, uh, Washington Capitals. Marty in hockey mode, apparently. Uh, Washington uh, <laughs> right. football. So
1: it is almost
2: hockey mode. Uh, <laughs> so I don't get to watch very much Washington football team uh, football here in, in New England. Um, but yep. what, what really stood out to me, and obviously I've got to watch um, Chase Young in, in, in college, but watching him in the NFL game last night, I mean, he's unblockable. Even place where he's not getting yeah. pressure because the ball is getting out fast or it's a run to the offside. I mean, he is through there yep. on every single play. I, I mean, it's 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 borderline a guy whose body I think he's very similarly built to. It's like watching uh, Javon Curse, There you go. That's the name I'm looking for. Javon Curse when he first got into the league. It's it's unbelievable. Right. And so I think they're a team that could get pressure and, and, and bother Brady and i think that that that, mm-hmm. that could really be an x factor cuz I, I think i don't obviously washington's offense is not a world beating offense and obviously uh the the you know the the jesus what am i trying to say the Buccaneers' defense is pretty good um but yeah. you know if they can hold the bucks to 20 points 17 points somewhere in that range which we've seen some of these defenses that have given uh brady trouble in the past have been able to do yeah um, you know, I'm thinking about those Giants defenses in those Super Bowls. Uh, you know, then I think that there's there's a real argument uh, for for Washington. With that said, I'm picking the Bucks. Yep. Um, but but I do think Washington can <laughs> get some games. And I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if that's the biggest upset we see this weekend.
1: Yeah. No, I wouldn't so. be surprised by that either. I mean, I think that uh, Washington. I mean, they their offense looked flat last night. I mean, it was a, they looked really bad. Defense was, of course, astronomically good. Uh, Chase Young is a beast and will be a beast for many years to come. Um, they look very, very legit on defense. Um, Tampa Bay has a solid defense. Their offense has been clicking of late. You know, um, Tom Brady has been really just uh, out of control. But it could also because he was trying to hit his marks. Because he was the fifth best rated uh, quarterback in terms of passing yardage and touchdowns, then he gets a big one million dollar or half a million dollar bonus. So I guess he wanted to get that yesterday. He's firing at all cylinders. But honestly, they were only up by three at the end of three quarters against the four-win Atlanta Falcons uh, on, on Week 17. So, you know, I, it wasn't until that fourth quarter that they started to pull away and it ended up being looking more lopsided than the game really was. So you're right. Who knows what's going to show up, what's going to happen, whether Chase Young will disrupt. I also will pick the Buccaneers. I think they will also cover the 7.5 spread. So let's hit the boxing bell on that and get to our important topic of the day. You and your impending <laughs> retirement from sports journalism. And I believe you'll be focusing on writing and marketing now, right? Is that that's the plan?
2: Yeah. So uh, basically, to tell the quick life story that no one gives a crap about, um, when we started this <laughs> podcast, I was a uh, very unhappy person working in the world of sales. I had just gotten my degree. Actually, with finishing my degree, uh, I went back to school. Um, or it took me seven years uh, to finish my undergrad because I uh, had my son prior to my senior year, which is why you don't have kids young. I uh, love my son to death. It's made my life better, but it uh, did take me longer to get through college than most. Uh, got through that, took a job in sales, uh, selling office supplies through Staples, and uh, left that, did a stint in recruiting, hated that. Left that, went and worked for technologies, selling uh, software as a service for a while, hated that. Um, and what I came to realize was that I hated sales. It didn't really matter what I was selling. I told myself when I was selling office products that I didn't care about office products, and that's why I wasn't passionate about what I did, but I hated what I did. So um, mm-hmm. all the while I was doing working with you here at Football Garbage Time trying to figure out what I wanted to do in my life. Um, and I basically at the same time started pursuing freelance writing, uh, sports writing, and uh, I yeah. took a job at a digital marketing yeah. agency. Uh, in the last two years, uh, during that time, I've been doing work with PFF and Fantasy Pros as well as a numerous amount of other yes. sites. Um, and said basically right. I'm pursuing this all three at once. We'll see which one pans out and, and go from there. Uh, as I was doing that, um, what I learned was is I don't uh, – or that the sports industry is, is, is not very competitive, um, and that's really come to a head over the last year in terms of salary based on uh, where my marketing career has kind of gone uh, over the last few years, as well as um, going from freelance writing to now I'm a, uh, uh, have a little bit more consistent work as I, as I work writing for uh, a music marketing agency, which is separate from like my day job. But all that being right. be said, those opportunities are there I'm at the point in my life at 32 um, where family uh, needs a kid who plays sports year round uh, all that kind of stuff. You know, money is, is a, is a main driver. And for those of you who don't yep. know, and if any of you who are on the younger side, like Joey, uh, who's been on here before, uh, <laughs> who's been on our field a thousand times, or so our Libro is doing it right. Because if you want to work in right. sports, you got to know for the first couple of years you're going to make no money. Uh, so doing it when you're young before you have children is pretty uh, important to do. So mm-hmm. uh, even if I could get a full-time job at any of those places I've worked, other places, because I've looked and I've been in the interview processes and I've gotten pretty close, I'll tell you, uh, it's about <laughs> – it's about 30K is a lot of those places are starting yet. And uh, yeah, a 32-year-old yeah. living in the greater Boston area with children, oh. that's just not um, not realistic. So, for me, uh, I'm an all-or-nothing all person. So, when there's no uh, real end goal anymore, i got to just invest in what's in front of me. Um, and for me, as you probably noticed this football year, between me not really setting fantasy rosters uh, and yeah. not um, oh. making my picks and stuff, I just became – a bit overwhelming, and I really realized that I needed to focus on, on, on a couple areas uh, where I had things going, um, and that's where I made the decision. This was the last one. This was the hardest one. Like I said, I will still do some guest appearances, which is more than I'm going to do anything else across the board. It's just time to close that chapter. Look <laughs> because forward. we're more important um, so then, than that. <laughs> <laughs> and go All back right. to being a fan, to be honest, too, because i I'll just be honest that I was doing so much work in so many different areas in the industry. Um, and Sundays, for me through, I won't name any companies, but through some of the companies I was working for, uh, where Sundays and Saturdays turned into just long, grueling work days. um, Yeah, it's rough. It it, it started to take a little – and not work in the sense of the writing stuff, because I love the writing stuff and watching, right? It was uh, more of the the grunt work that maybe at 22 I would have enjoyed or been able to put up with as much, but for me it just burnt me out to the point that this year um, I only played in three fantasy leagues and I stopped setting rosters around week five because I couldn't even, like – I was just burnt out, you know, anyone who's been there before, you know what it's yep. like. So anyways, yep. closing yep. that door, happy to come on here anytime. But I know that for the site and for the picks and for all those articles and stuff, I just don't have the time to contribute to it as much as I did. Um, and it's just better served that somebody who can, can give more is, is there contributing. So that's where well, I'm Obviously, that is, an unbelievable ride and been really appreciative of this.
1: Yeah. Well, hey, listen, so b- before we, we close the door on this um, and make you a, a, a guest, and an honored member, you know, uh, emeritus of Football Garbage Time. Let me go through my list of memories of things that I remember about you over the last five years. Because, you know, there's a lot of stuff. You know, I went back into the data banks and took a look at this. And you might not even remember all this stuff, but I remember your very first article was from February 25th of 2015. It was called, Can the Buccaneers Succeed of Jameis Winston? <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. answer is no, they can't. We already we just figured that out. took a while, but we figured it out. But you were asking that question way back in February 25th, 2015, your very first article. And your second article actually was in March 6th of 2015, and that was really interesting. And you've, we've mentioned this many times before. It was called, Time to Guarantee a Future for Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks, where you predicted – A full two years prior to Kirk Cousins getting this first ever fully guaranteed quarterback contract, that fully guaranteed contracts for quarterbacks was the way of the future. That was two full years before Kirk Cousins got his contract, March 6, 2015. I know we've mentioned that a number of times, because I thought that was quite quite prescient of you to to talk about that way back then. I also remember that you had a four-down territory weekly column that ran from 2015 to 2017, which was – Awesome and a lot of fun. I remember it as you got into a Twitter war of Mike Silver from Sports Illustrated and ended up getting blocked by him. That was also fun. Uh, I remember five years in our Fantasy Football League, as you referred to, in which you won in 2019. So, you know, the, either you left your mark inedibly on our Fantasy Football League as well. I remember five years of NFL picks against the Urban Sports Scene podcast guy and your all-out war with Wole and Ray and Will and all those guys. Those guys are fantastic. Every crossover show we did with them was fantastic and so much fun. And um, I know Wole was was upset to hear that you were going to retire from the industry, and I told him, don't worry, Um, he will continue to bring the smoke. (laughs) And and I'm sure that you will. Uh, I also remember you introducing us to the Beerfield Fantasy Football Podcast guys, Nick, Chris, Dan. They've been one of our most prolific collaborators since then, so amazing, amazing there. And last but definitely not least, I remember five years, In over 180 episodes of this podcast with you ranting and raving about how great the Patriots are, how much you hate running backs and drafting running backs in the first round, and how at least one person per show is an idiot. And, dude, the bottom line here is that you are not only a major contributor to Football Garbage Time, but you are and forever will be a part of Football Garbage Time. You are Football Garbage Time. We wouldn't be who we are without you, and we won't forget that. So I know I'm feeling a little sappy over all that, but I kind of went through and did put it all together, and I said, holy crap, you know, we would not be where we are today without you. So thanks so much for that, Ryan. It's been a fantastic, amazing five years. We obviously think you're going to kick ass into the future in marketing and everything else you put your mind to, cause you kicked ass when you were part of us, but we also can't wait to catch up with you on your first guest appearance. So start clearing your calendar. I'm going to schedule that from you in the next couple of months for sure. Don't, don't think you're off the hook here. Um, so before <laughs> we hit the air horn on the show one last time, anything else you want to say to our listeners?
2: Yeah. So I'll touch on one funny thing. One, uh, one one very quick... I'll give you four things on my way out the door. I'll give you one... Funny All right. Thing. I,
1: I, another, one. another four
2: down territory. One <laughs> last four, four down territory. So I want to, to tell you what they're... I'll just go through them first. Well, I'll tell you what they're what, essentially to be about. So the first one's funny. The second one is going to be uh, a Patriot take. The third one will be uh, one last brag on my way out the door, even though you just pump my tires a lot there. But I got one last one that you missed that I can't even believe you missed. And then fourth, I'll give you guys a little (laughs) bit of wisdom on the way out the door. All right. First down, the funny thing. Wole does not have to worry because I will still talk crap to him every single chance I get to on Twitter. So if you're listening, bud, don't worry. I'm here for forever to come after you. Um, So that's one. (laughs) Two, two, on the Patriots uh, take, I do just want to remind everyone uh, just how stupid you all are. Um, the, the, <laughs> in, in the battle, <laughs> so <laughs> this, might, this might be more of a local story than a national story, but just so everyone's aware, the, the local rhetoric, well, I've seen a lot of you doing this a while, so let me talk about all the inconsistencies. I'll do this under 30 sec- or under 60 seconds on this take. But basically, for years, people who don't like the Patriots, have ragged on Tom Brady and called him a system quarterback. And now this year that he's gone, I, I, I assume, based on the accounts I see you doing, you're all the same perpetrators who are now doing the don't you miss Tom stuff? Well, why do we miss Tom? I thought it was just a system. Oh, it wasn't just a system. Tom is great. Oh, and the system only gets one year to prove itself. And so you're already inconsistent, and then you just prove that all you're really trying to do is just, you know, I hate this term, but be a hater, because uh, that, that's what that is. Um, which honestly yep. is the problem with Twitter in general because all the crap talk I do with a lot of people, Bolle included, is just for fun. Um, the idea oh, of yeah. Twitter, oh, part yeah. of what's going on in the sport industry, is the gotcha media. Uh, people tagging at cold takes, exposed, all of that kind of stuff. Here's the, here's the yep. bottom line for everyone who doesn't know. The Patriots dynasty would not have been without Tom Brady and it would not have been without Bill Belichick. The Patriots went 7-9 this year. Their roster is, is, is pretty close top to bottom. Terrible. There's only maybe about a handful of guys you can assume will still be here in three years. um, And they got to go through a rebuild. To answer the question, if they made the right decision to stick with Tom or stick with Bill, cannot be answered after one season. You have to give it more time. If in two years, the Patriots are still a sub-500 team and there's really no directional for the future, then you made the wrong call because you should have hung on to Brady and gone throughout. If they rebuild and they're a playoff team in the next year or two, and they're on that right track to be a contender again, then they made the right call to go with Bill. It's not always a snapshot thing. You don't have to have a hot take to go to Twitter, you know, six months after after the season started um, or 12 months or less than 12 months since Brady left. Um, and you don't have to take away from either one. They were both great. I'm sorry it sucked to watch for 20 years. Um, but, honestly, I'll tell you right now that when people die, uh, you got me in a sappy mood, so I'll make, a, make one. I was listening to a motivational video today uh, while I was working uh-huh. of a guy who I, who I despised because of a rivalry in the city, uh, and that being Kobe Bryant. And when you go back and you listen to Kobe and his mentality and his quotes and all the stuff about uh, the adversity and taking on challenges in his life, um, especially when he's gone, especially tragically young, you look at it and you just appreciate the greatness. So, you know, I, I know that's asking too much of sports fans, but maybe at some point you'll really truly understand what you watch. Because I'll tell you now as a 32-year-old guy, again, from Boston who also hated the Yankees, you look back at how dominant the Yankees <laughs> were in the 90s and the, the 2000s, early 2000s, and, like, you do have to admire stuff like that. So, um, yep. That's my last Patriots tip for you. My third down take, which was my, my braggadocious one, arguably, well, the Russell Wilson one's up there, but arguably my other greatest call here that does not get pumped up enough. There's a few circle of friends here, uh, especially on Twitter, that remember I made this call. Uh, they'll still pump my tires uh-huh. every time I see this guy getting bragged about. But I told you all, whatever it was, two years ago now, that Jair Alexander was the forgotten man, the best cornerback <laughs> in that yep. draft at a I told That's you fair. no one else was talking about it, he was sick, sick on Walter Peyton football, and, uh, or Walter football, whatever that site is. And I think he was projected to go in the third round. And then he, he got called to reach by someone draft night, and I saw things about, like, well, he was injured, so maybe he can be elite. That guy was always going to be elite. I told you about Jair Alexander. should have listened to me. Um, yep. And lastly, <laughs> one last uh, whimsical, dappy thought, um, but it happens fast. It really does. I remember uh, it was probably a year and a half ago that Chris left uh, football, gar- uh, football Garbage uh, Beerfield Fantasy. And I remember thinking at the time, you know, how could you leave? That show's doing well. Yeah. It's on the uptick. Yeah. You get to do something you love.
1: I mean, Nick? How do you walk yeah. away? And
2: yeah. 18 months later, I find myself in the same situation doing the same thing, and I completely understand it now. Um, so uh, for those of you who are, because there are a million of these sites um, and I love our site and I love what we did. Uh, and the more I expand into the industry, the more I realize every Tom, Dick and Harry has a, has a fantasy football site or a football site. And so it's super competitive. It's really hard to stand out. Um, yep. But, you know, uh, it, it's that old philosophy that you got to enjoy the process. And if you don't enjoy the process, you're doing the wrong thing. So, um, right. You know, while you're doing it and while you're in it, enjoy it, love it, cherish it. Cause, uh, five whatever you said five hundred episodes or whatever, which I can't even believe uh went by uh, <laughs> in, in, in the blink or whatever five years however many episodes, however many articles it all went by 180. And and I. Yep. um i I yep. still remember sitting yeah I got to my whatever like I said, I was finishing my degree when we first uh started this, and uh I was commuting at that point because I couldn't live on campus and uh, yep. My class, there was an hour gap, so there's no point in leaving campus. I lived 40 minutes away. Um, I didn't want to go sit in the library, so I went and sat in my class before class started, and sat there for 50 minutes banging out that Russell Wilson article. Um, and that feels like yesterday, <laughs> but at the same time, it feels like a lifetime ago. So, um, yeah, been appreciative of this opportunity since day one. Uh, you know, I think uh, <laughs> it, it, the best way I can I can say what my relationship with this company has been. Um, and this opportunity has been what you said early, uh, or you once said when we had, uh, Jeff from going for com, who I also had a short stint with over there. Yep. Uh, I forget yep. the exact words. So I'll use the non PG word on my way out, but you called me something like the, the floozy of the fantasy football world, um, <laughs> where, I had, where I had worked and been a part of everything and everyone. And from, uh, some of the low end sites to from writing, you know, I did one season of writing about Mississippi state on sports nation, uh, they're whatever yep. they for whom the cowbell tolls, or whatever their subdomain is on there, um, yep. all the way to my peak at you know, uh, trying to enter or getting an interview for a full time spot at PFF, though it didn't pan out, but um, getting to that yep. level, uh, you know, the the one thing that was consistent through this whole thing was was this company. It's where I started doing this, um, and then this last season I wrote for a site called FantasyHeadliners.com. The great guys over there. Uh, and you should go absolutely check them out sometime uh, for our listeners who haven't. Um, but I wrote, I did, I did a column for them, uh, Red Zone Report, all season. Uh, I told them about a week and a half ago that I was uh, appreciative of this season, but that same thing I told you a couple of days later that I'm done walking away. It's um, so a long yep. way of saying that my first yep. real sports article is here. My last real yep. sports conversation is on nice. here, so it's it's eclipsed, eclipsed the full thing. <laughs> Through all my other through all my other floozy moments of bouncing around to every to anyone who would take me, um, I always right. came home to you, baby. So uh, it was a hell of a And like I said, whenever you need a guest spot, you just let me know.
0: Oh,
1: you know it, man, you know it. So let's let's go ahead and hit the air horn on the show uh, for all our listeners. Um, the one big announcement we have for you, of course, is now that Ryan is. Um, just retiring from the sport journalism role, Adam Aniba of the Burgundy and Gold Report will be joining us on the Football Garbage Time NFL podcast as a regular co-host starting this Wednesday. That's right, he's been a regular guest, bringing awesome content to us for years, and now he'll be on every week with the guys Joey Libro and Scott King. And also a shout out to Joey for helping to coach the Prince Avenue Christian to their first ever Class A Private State Championship. Way to go, Joey. Big time there. We're going to get him back on here now that he's resurfaced from his coaching duties uh, to tell us all about no, that. No, no, so no. That's no. going to be no, great.
2: No, 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 I can't even listen to this anymore. No, what? You're going to see here pump Joe with tires. You know, getting, getting <laughs> Adam on your podcast or on the, the podcast uh, as, the, as the other full-time co-host is a great get, a great guy, great content, and I'm so happy for him, for you, for everything that this is continuing with him, all that. With that said, right, right, so typical, Joey. Still can't just step up. Hey, that little, that little pipsqueak, <laughs> man. He just never, he just never pulls his weight. You have, a, you have a wide open opportunity for him. You open the door, and this man still just, he just, <laughs> yeah, just typical, Joey. I mean, he disappeared at one point for like two years, uh, and then he just came back and <laughs> like he still owned the place. You know, Joey's been here almost as long as I. Just not, not even close to his consistent, Joey. I hope That's you're listening, true. you know, if you're, if you're <laughs> even still alive, but uh, you just pop on Twitter once a year to post about your uh, state championship. Um, but I'm disappointed. <laughs> in you. you know, I, I, I thought of you as a little brother, um, but you know, you're just, you're going down a dark path, man. Right.
1: <laughs> and as we think of little brothers, obviously it's a love hate relationship. Hey, you know what? This is, that's I I had to had to give the shout out and uh and it's nice to see a little bit of old Ryan come on back here cuz I I I knew it was going to come out someplace and Joey was,
2: I'll was never, the trick? I've never told Joey I love to assist. So, just take that for what it is.
1: Right. Well, thanks everybody for listening, wasting time with us again, and thank you Ryan one more time for wasting time with me all these years. As I said, You are and forever will be a part of Football Garbage Time. And, hey, I didn't care that you were the floozy of the fantasy football world. Like you said, you always came back here, and it has been one hell of an awesome run. We will see you at your next guest spot. And until next time, everyone enjoy your NFL week.